How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? This is another episode of Serving Up Comics. This is episode, I think, 23, 23. Nick, correct me, or am I mistaken? I believe it's 23, yes. Okay, 23, he's like, yes. And joining me, as always, uh, my cohort and co-host, Nick Valero. How are you doing? Hey, man, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Just uh, got out from work. If you could see, I'm wearing this on camera. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of... A lot of things have kind of progressed in the last month, you know. Yeah. Which I, now we have, uh, now we officially can say that we do have a panel at LA Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, we were approved this last week. Um, we're getting our guests together. Um, I guess we could uh, say a little bit. Um, our guests at the moment, we have our good friend, uh, well, obviously, you, Nick, you're moderating mm-hmm. with me. Yes. Um, we have our good friend, uh, Cruz Castillo, who's uh, joining us. Um, we have Henry Brass, comic book writer. We have Caden Phoenix, and we have Maxi Rodriguez. So that should be cool. It should be fun. We uh, have a very spirited panel, all uh, people of color, and we're just gonna just talk about what inspires us. So I'm really excited, I'm really jazzed. How are you feeling? Anticipation? Yeah, it feels good, man. It feels good. I can't wait. You know, I I always like being on panels. Panels are always a lot of fun. Uh, especially, you know, because doing these are really cool, like doing podcasts, but like there's nothing like doing a live audience yeah. experience with, you know, audience with like people in the front, people laughing at your jokes, people like not laughing at your jokes. And you're kind <laughs> of getting, you're getting that live like experience of kind of going like, all right, that joke hit, that did that joke didn't hit. Okay, let's keep it's moving. Like, let's keep moving. <laughs> yeah, it's like stand up, I guess. Yeah, a little bit because you know you you not only that but also you you kind of you feel the the anticipation in the room, you can kind of feel the way that like how the audience is moving and everything like that. Like oh yeah, like are they engaged? Are they not engaged? You know okay, how do I how do I get them back engaged if they're starting to like kind of fall out of it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I remember last time we did uh, a podcast. I mean a a podcast at a panel. Mm-hmm. It flew. Like I think we had yeah. I think we had like forty five minutes. For yeah, our panel we, last year, it was like it half was, an hour, 45 minutes, I think. Yeah, it was on the shorter side. Yeah, I think we had like half an hour, 45 minutes, and that thing flew. Like, it started, and then before we even knew it, it was over. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, like that. And it, it was such a great adrenaline rush, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it. Yeah, it's it's there's nothing else like it. You get to be around people that want to listen to the show or have listened to it. So it's, yeah, it's it's going to be fun it's it's gonna be interesting <laughs> at least so i would say that so please come it's december why am i blanking on my own panel i'm gonna just make sure it's, i have the right december day. 5th isn't it yes december 5th at 11 30 at la comic-con we are room 303b so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting that day because not only do we have a panel but it's my birthday that day mm. so we're gonna be what a double. way to celebrate yeah, I know. Yeah, we're we're going to be on a panel for my birthday, so that's going to be fun. That's going to awesome. be... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. I, I I don't know why, but I always love when they give us the itinerary, you know, and it says like panels, and then seeing our names inside of the panel and like that mm-hmm. itinerary is always really fun. It really is. It's it's really awesome. So Yeah, it makes you feel real official. Yeah, it makes you feel special. <laughs> it makes me feel appreciated. <laughs> But yeah, any viewers, please show up. 
Yeah, man, if you guys are going to be at the local uh, uh, in, in the L.A. area visiting L.A. Comic-Con, um, shorter, as we get closer to it, we'll go ahead and post something on our Instagram, uh, kind of showing you exactly where it is. All of our socials will tell you, hey, go to this place uh, at this time, and that way we can have exactly where it is. Because, unfortunately, we, don't, we know what day it's on. We just don't know the location and also the time. Yeah. We, we we just know what day it's on. So as we get closer to the con itself, I can go ahead and give you more of that information, let you know what is going on, how we're doing it and everything else. And I can't wait to see all you guys there. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So, all right. So Nick, uh, we're talking about a movie on this episode. Yeah, we are. Um, it's, like- it's, it's kind of a biggie. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big movie for me. I, I yeah. don't know about you. I love I love this movie so much. Yeah, um, I would say it's like almost 30 years in the making where um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2, which I don't know if you're a fan of, but I, I, I was watching that during the quarantine around this time last year. Um, I think uh, Joe Biden is actually a fan because he, uh, he used the song that they used to uh, repel the, uh, the slime and the Statue of Liberty um, when he... Uh, was having his uh, acceptance speech when he won. I just think that's also just funny. Yeah. I think, like, I'm trying to repel, you know, Gozer, and I'm trying to repel this slime ball. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just just funny. Um, But, yeah, besides that, I mean, I I fell in love with these movies. I love the, I I love Bill Murray. I love Dan Aykroyd. I I, I love all of them so much. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Caddyshack, SNL, all of that. You know they they were they're a huge inspiration for you know I think a lot of people who you know do anything that's kind of funny related or comedy movies nowadays. I mean a lot of people they they pull from those movies as a template. You know, um, especially like college movies or anything like that. Automatically they pull Animal House. They, that that's their immediate kind of like, oh yeah, like that's how that's the format. You know, that's how we do it. Use it. And stuff like and everything else. So, for this movie, you know, it was directed by the son of the original. Uh, yeah. I, I forget Jason. his name right now. Uh, Jason Reitman, who's the son Jason of Reitman. Ivan Reitman. Yes, Jason Reitman, yeah. and he used a lot of really cool things inside this movie, man. He yeah. did a lot of really cool stuff. Like I could, I, I actually didn't know until a buddy told me when I went to go watch it that they used the same special effects for the uh, emitters. Oh. For the actual for the proton uh, mm. lasers that they used in the original movie, he just re uh, used the assets and he put it inside the movie. Mm-hmm. That was it. I was like, oh, that's kind of sick. Like, I like the idea of that of just like modernizing old tech. Yeah, like, that's super cool. Yeah, exactly. Well, also the those proton packs haven't been updated since the eighties, so right. certainly worked. I would say. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're nuclear powered. So, I mean, God, I hope so. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, and, this... mm-hmm. yeah no, yeah. I, the, the whole movie in, in a whole is, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I walked out of that movie, you know, ecstatic on how, on how good it was just because I've seen how bad it could be. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what? I um I think the Ghostbusters video game is probably the best Ghostbusters sequel. It, it's good. It is definitely good. Yeah, for the Wii. 
but I, I, if you're only taking it for these, for the three movies, for you know, one, two, and three, I think this is a great successor to to the to the, the sequels. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a proper passing of the torch of kind of going like, hey, you know, we are going to be passing the torch over to these new Ghostbusters in order to continue the series, or mm-hmm. uh, even if they don't make a sequel, I'm actually kind of okay with them not moving on for a sequel. Well, actually, if you look at the box office, it did pretty well considering it was a lower budget uh, film. I think it was only right. like sixty million to make, something like that. So it's definitely getting a sequel. That's what I'm yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, but it, even if it gets a sequel, that's cool. But if we didn't get it, I think that it left off in a nice place of kind of like you know we're going off into the distance. Ghostbusters still, uh, uh, the Ghostbusters are still riding high, and you know the world is safe. Yeah. because the Ghostbusters are around. And I thought that was a cool little ending for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll wait a second before we get into spoilers, but um, what did you think of the new cast of Ghostbusters? We have uh, Egon's grandchildren, Phoebe, and uh, her brother, um, played by Finn Wolfhard. You had a yeah. podcast, which was great. Um, you know what? I thought, it was, I thought it was hilarious because as I was listening to the movie, uh I, as I was watching the movie, I thought it was really funny because the podcast says a lot of things that we say all the time. And I thought it really, it really embodied kind of that, that notion of like, it's okay. It gets better after issue, after issue 75. So <laughs> I just thought that really was, found its voice. It really found its voice. And I, I just think that's so, it's so funny as a podcaster to kind of go like, yeah, that's, that's something I've definitely said. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> some stupid stuff that i've said um but yeah man i i really enjoyed them i thought they were fun um lucky was kind of underused but she was still cool yeah i liked her um i think um you know she's kind of a love interest for uh for finn's character but then he, um hmm. i feel like she just gets kind of like thrown into it but she was like i wanted to see more of that character right that's what that's what i'm saying like she she isn't necessarily you it's not that she's misused i think she's just underused you know yeah. underutilized I, I feel like she has, she's a very bold she's a very bold character that could potentially be a lot cooler if we were just given more time with her yeah now if we got a sequel and we brought those kids back i would love to kind of see lucky come back and have a bigger role you know and i think that would be kind of cool if they, if they do get the sequel yeah but overall, I, I love the cast. I love everything else. I mean, don't get me wrong. When you're going to go see this movie, you're, you're probably going to guess the ending. Yeah. You know, there, 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 there's no mystery to it. There's no, like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. You can kind of guess it. You know, uh, even, like, the issues with Egon and his daughter and everything like that. Like, immediately, as soon as she went down into the basement, I was like, I know it's bad. Yeah. yeah it's a very by the numbers film for sure um that's not to say it's bad but um you could certainly guess a lot of the twists or like a lot of the plot threads but it is entertaining which um for a ghostbusters movie that's all you want you want to see certain characters back we'll, we'll get into that we keep teasing yeah. that but the the film i think worked i thought all the kids were great and they really carried the film. Um, I was really, I was really enjoying Phoebe's character. Um, you know, the way she kind of based her personality and performance on Harold Ramis, RIP, 
um, was uh, she did a really good job giving us this like little Egon. Yeah, kind of giving you like mini Egon. Like that's a it's such an interesting idea, and I love the deadpan sense of humor. That deadpan yeah. sense of humor really goes a long way. Yeah, I loved I loved her jokes where it's <laughs> the jokes were like the the kind of like non sequitur jokes where she's just like, what do you call like a dead polar bear, and like uh, uh yeah in a can it's like whatever you want because they're dead. Whatever you want, it's dead. Okay, cares what you call it. Yeah, she, I was trying to remember some other ones, but she had some good ones though. That was that was a highlight of mine. Cause oh, uh, why can't you trust an atom? Because they make every they make up everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but that's what I'm saying. That it's so it's such like really interesting and great humor. Uh, you know, Harold Ramis kind of did the same thing with those with that deadpan. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that with that deadpan comedy? Uh, like especially when he's talking to certain people and he's just going like, "Can I dissect your brain?" <laughs> and it's like, "What? No." Yeah. Like, and then I think it was. Um, shoot i can't remember his name it's the guy who originally played uh the key master uh uh harold um excuse me rick moranis rick moranis where he's like will it hurt he goes excruciatingly <laughs> it's just like yes yeah. it definitely hurt um but yeah man i think that's such a it's such a cool idea it's such a cool um what was it, it it's it's really nice to kind of see how well and how how much respect this movie was given uh, I feel that, you know, especially with, you know, spoilers, you do see the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, let's let's get into that. Um, yeah, I was I was very happy to see them. Uh, a little surprised because Bill Murray famously doesn't never wanted to do a sequel, didn't want to come back. Um, he kept um, pulling out of any projects. Um, I believe in one draft of uh, a screenplay for three that um dan Aykroyd and harold ramus were working on he gets his character gets like killed off he gets like hit by a truck which i guess had kind of how they felt about murray at the time but it was nice to see those character actors um like Aykroyd, ernie hudson and of course bill murray yeah. back as uh the ghostbusters you know well i i feel that murray coming back shows because i know that uh, according to the the, the tale and according to how Harold Ramis's family kind of talks about it mm-hmm. is that uh in Harold Ramis's last days Murray went to go see him and they kind of buried the hatchet yeah that's very, that's what I read as well yeah um, where they he, they very much buried the hatchet they apologized for everything that may have happened or you know what may have you know misunderstandings or disagreements and they very much kind of you know, put bygones be bygones, and they got the peace that they needed before Ramus did, you know, unfortunately pass. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of goes into Bill Murray wanting to be in this in this new, you know, rendition, especially how respectful they kind of treat Harold Ramus. Because they really do treat him with a lot of respect in this yeah. movie. You know, because they, they could have done the whole, you know, CGI thing, the same thing that they did with, like, Carrie Fisher. They could have done everything else, giving him lines, giving him everything like that. And I think that was the way that they did it, where it was like he's just a specter that's basically haunting the house. Mm-hmm. And he's moving lights, or he's turning stuff on, or he's just, you know, he's guiding them. 
not necessarily, you know, outwardly being in the movie. That was really cool. That was really beautiful. Yeah, it was nice. I, I loved his the presence of uh, Egon was felt, and of course you have a oh shoot, sorry, right there, champ. Yeah, the computer moved. Okay, <laughs> if anyone's watching on YouTube, you saw something. But anyway, um, yeah, the the fact that they have like a body double and everything, and you know, you get to see the Ghostbusters bride again one last time. All four of them, even though when it's CGI, I, I thought that was nice. It was a nice little tribute and. Yeah, it was just really sweet. Yeah. The uh, the the scene that kind of reminded it, it hardcore reminded me of uh, Dragon Ball Z, just because I'm a huge oh, <laughs> anime yeah. nerd. Was the scene where they were doing Phoebe like a holding it. Yeah, Phoebe's holding the the thing, and then like Ramus grabs it, and then it gets stronger, and it blasts them away. I was like, I'm like somebody watched a little bit too much Dragon Ball Z when they were a kid. Like this is <laughs> like. <laughs> This is it's it's good. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It was it was such a it's so good. And to see Harold Ramis, you know, the fact I, I actually like the fact that he didn't have any lines, you know, nobody, you know, went in to like try to do voice modulation or they try to do anything like that. Cause they've been trying to do that with a lot of different characters. Yeah, like Tarkin, uh they, well, I mean like Carrie Fisher, her she had uh some mm. of her lines reused, which was weird. It didn't <laughs> fit. It, it really yeah. doesn't fit. I feel like they were talking to like an NPC in Rise of Skywalker. Right? Like at a certain point, you're just kind of going like, she's not there. Like, yeah. you know she's not there. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's pretty funny. But the thing is that I like the way that they did it. They did a really respectful job. Not only that, but also I do see a couple of critics kind of saying that it's far too nostalgic. And, you know, it, it really heavily kind of like leans on the nostalgia and is that true yes absolutely <laughs> yes it does but the thing is that i feel like for a movie like this where it is supposed to take place afterwards kind of like as a sequel slash reboot of the series i feel like you kind of need to be nostalgic in order to wrap people in and kind of go like oh i get it i get the world i get them i understand where they are in the world oh this is 30 years later you know, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a myth of what happened in New York that day. Mm-hmm. You know, people have it's talked birthdays. about it. Yeah, people have, like, talked about it, but more or less, people have kind of forgotten Yeah. of, like, what happened that day in New York be- just because, you know, it- it's kind of like a like an urban legend of, like, this is what happened in New York. Yeah, I, I know about it. It's like, so what? <laughs> yeah, so what? Man? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, and, and also the, I, I really liked Paul Rudd as kind of like your guide through um, the Ghostbusters mythology mm-hmm. of him kind of like being your, kind of being your Ray. You know, he, okay. he, he very much is the one that's kind of throwing down the science. He's very much kind of giving you the problem and also like what's going on in the world and kind of searching it out. And then Phoebe kind of picks it up and is able to, you know, run the ball from there so i i do i really did like paul rudd he was fun he was really interesting i like the ke- the chemistry between him and the wife i mean him and the him and egon's daughter all around i really like this movie I, I i was really i i went to go watch it again trying to figure out see if there was anything negative i didn't like about it and i just loved it again <laughs> yeah yeah i mean for me it's like a three and a half like it, it's really uh it was really enjoyable um i don't think it's certainly the the best movie but it was fun it was like uh a nice you know revisiting your friend and seen in like 20 years or something 
Um, and I guess going into that, um, yeah, it kind of gave us what we wanted. We always wanted to see uh, Bill Murray back as a Ghostbuster, I guess Harold Ramis. Um, and, you know, um, the, only, the only thing I was just like kind of uh, iffy about, it's like, do we really have to do like Zool again or... Mar I think the marshmallow, uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Men work, but it was kind of uh, a little, but they reminded me of like Porgs almost, or it's like, these are just toys. Yeah, these are only made into toys. Um, I actually didn't mind Zool. I didn't mind that at all. Mm -hmm. um, because I felt like there, there needed to be a, there needed to be an antagonist. There needed to be something that Harold Ramis was protecting the world from. Yeah. You know, and I love the idea of, yeah, Zool resurrects every, you know, 10, I think it's like 10 to 15 years. Something, something like that. Like 20, every 20 years will, you know, resurrects. She yeah. tries to resurrect in a different spot. And, you know, there was a temple underneath, you know, this town. And I, I just really enjoyed it. Like, I really didn't like the fact that it was something familiar because they did, they kind of start, they, they, kind, they kind of force awakened it, but in a good way. You know, they brought they brought in something very familiar, but it was a new threat in a way of like, okay, we can't just cross. Like, I liked the idea of the boys crossing the streams. And then they're going like, well, that's how we beat her last time. Like, we yeah. just crossed the streams. And then she immediately like going like, oh, she's uncrossing the streams. I didn't know you mm -hmm. could do that. Like, I didn't either. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, the same, the same problems. I mean, the same, you know problem didn't result in the same solution it was something totally different and i really did like that i really appreciated it and yeah man i love this movie like honestly you gave it a 3.5 i gave it a five out of five man i enjoyed right. the hell out of this movie this movie was by far i think this movie's a sleeper honestly okay. if you're if you're a ghostbusters fan this movie's a sleeper until spider-man comes out yeah, I'm very excited for Spider-Man. Um, I may have like read into it a little too much from some friends who have told me some information, but um, you know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still riding high on that. Just the fact that you know, I guess from the trailers where we're going to see Doc Ock and Green Goblin, Sandman, that's going to be that's going to be great. I feel like you got spoiled something. I can't say. <laughs> I feel like you got spoiled something. I, we'll, we'll talk after. We'll talk okay, after yeah. about what you, yeah. what you got spoiled. I'm fine with that. I don't care about spoilers. Um, right. But yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm looking forward to the end of the year and kind of like what other movies come out. But I thought this one, you know, for it being delayed for a year and a half, almost two years. Yeah. It really, yeah. It really did sink the landing on this one. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when that first trailer came out. I think like December of 2019 or something something like that but it was supposed to come out like that august yeah and then Summer march and then you know 2020 march happened and all movies were then put on like hiatus so yeah. i think this movie did an awesome job it did a great it, it was really good i enjoyed it go watch it give it as do. give it yeah give it your money yeah so yeah ghostbusters yeah. enough said so I guess that goes into our uh, next point of discussion. Nick, uh, Batman, the animated series. We're on another two episodes. We did yeah. another two episodes. This is our ongoing rewatch of Batman, the animated series. 
Gene, what did you think of these episodes? Um, well, what did you I, think of the first episode first? Go over the okay, first Okay, so Fear of Victory, yeah. which we saw, that's the first one. Uh, they had the return of the Scarecrow, and I believe that they changed his um, design a little bit from the first time we see we see. Uh, yeah, this is the one with the actual, um, what's it called? That's the noose over his neck, right? Um, I believe they add that because the uh, the where he looks like a preacher is in the yes, Batman, the that, new animated series. Yes, you're right. Yes, 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 yes. You are right. Because, but I honestly, that is one of my favorite look like actual like character designs of the scarecrow like comic book or in you know anything else but yeah scarecrow is a solid villain he's a solid villain uh what give me a describe give me a synopsis tell me what it's about yeah so uh well we're first introduced to robin who we haven't seen in the whole series at this point um and we're watching this in the broadcast order so robin didn't come in till like 20 episodes and we see him at college and um, he's kind of uh, dorming with this uh, college football star. And uh, during the game, he has like a panic attack. He starts um, fearing, um, having this like f- offset fear. And uh, Batman and Robin investigate. And uh, they're also kind of caught by this uh, fear toxin, which, which draws on someone's adrenaline. Whenever they get excited, they get scared. So um, I think that's an interesting point. Um, the fact that we see Batman scared, we see, uh, you know, Robin scared and kind of dwelling into that fear, um, which was a good sort of, uh, you know, some interesting themes, especially for, you know, for Batman. Uh, I know we already kind of saw this in the, the first episode of Scarecrow, but kind of going into his fears and uh, going into Robin's fears too. Um, uh, for Robin, yeah, it was... Um, it's, it's interesting that we see him kind of like already fully formed in the show, right? Yeah, yeah. I I do, I did want to see like the whole Flying Grayson thing. And everything but you like do. Happened. You do see it. But I, I, I do, did, would you have wanted the like the, the Batman forever kind of thing where like Batman's at the, he's at the circus and, you know, uh, what was it like? Tony Zuko comes in and he like starts shooting up the place and then you know the flying Grayson's die like is that what you no. want to see? <laughs> Not really. I mean, like, yeah, I mean that Robin's like 17. So, you know, the fact that like Batman adopts is like get a job, you know. But the thing is that I, I thought it was interesting though, is because if you actually put these uh close together, they are both the same. Uh, what was it? It's kind of like they went with Batman forever. They saw what they did and they were like, okay, we need to make him more of like a teenager mm-hmm. instead of him being a kid because him being a kid is weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it is. It's kind of weird. It's a little weird. Of a like, bit. It's a little weird of like you getting a 12 year old and then going like, all right, cool. Let's fight some well, <laughs> yeah, he Yeah. Well, I mean, he legally adopts Robin. And, he does. Yeah. He illegally adopts Robin, goes through the whole thing, everything like that. Um, but yeah, man, what did you, how did you like this episode? Um, I, I found it really interesting. It, it has a lot of uh, what we'll see in later sort of Batman the episode, um, the anime series, uh, mm-hmm. where they're in Arkham and they're just passing by all the villains and they're just telling them like, "Hey, what's up?" Or you see like these little cameos and uh, just kind of uh, the neatness of how this feels like a fully filmed formed like 
world where it's living and breathing where they're like yeah there's villains in the uh in the asylum they're just um they're just hanging out and um i I was really yeah i was really interested in seeing batman and robin interact how they help each other out how they work as a team and just the uh the uh sort of camaraderie between the two yeah yeah it is really nice to actually see because a lot of the times batman and robin stories are always told with batman on one side of the pillar and robin on another especially dick and bruce they there's always this like huge thing of you know dick grayson you know he resents what bruce wayne did you know even though it helped him get over the death of his parents he you know resents batman for turning him into what he is today and he doesn't want to become batman and he wants to be his own man and stuff like that do they do that inside the animated series absolutely but i like the fact that there is kind of like this teamwork there's this like batman i mean robin is like yes batman whatever you're saying i'm doing it like let's do this and there is that a little bit of rebellion you know robin kind of you know uh investigating on his own but it is a team effort and that's mm-hmm. really cool to see yeah yeah exactly and um i have to give a shout out because we're always talking about the voice cast uh lauren lister as uh as robin he does a great um he does such a great youthful voice um he i don't know his age but you know uh, i believe he's uh still played it um he's played nightwing and there's always just such a uh and he reprised nightwing in that uh batman harley quinn animated yeah. film which some people didn't like i thought it was fine uh, yeah he, he really embodies that character and uh of course uh tim curry who i think is uncredited in this right is tim curry in this is um i'm reading that he was uh he played the henchman oh yes he did he did yeah. uh which are leon's henchman and additional voices mm-hmm. so he did a couple of things which is interesting because he was almost the joker which I he was you. the joker yeah he he got cast yeah. as the joker mm-hmm. and they dubbed uh, over his lines yeah they dubbed over the first episode the only reason is because he was also in peter pan yeah captain hook. he was captain hook in Peter Pan in the 90s Peter Pan and then they then went he sounds like Peter he sounds like Captain Hook he doesn't sound like the Joker yeah and that's how you get Mark Hamill there you go I would yeah. still love I would love love to see that first episode with Tim Curry because apparently yeah. it was done apparently the yeah. episode was done that's a, that's what Mark Hamill says he goes I remember seeing Tim Curry like his like his actual performance and then p- p- having to do it to that because the very first one was already animated with the voices of Tim Curry. So he had to then listen to it and then go like, okay, how am I going to do my own rendition of the Joker that Tim Curry did? Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, one day maybe we'll see it like on some special feature on HBO Max or something. Maybe. I hope so. That would be so cool to kind of get like these old like episodes or like unaired episodes. I would even be like so it would be so cool to see episodes that were half done you know where it's just the the blocks and everything like that and they put it all together that would be kind of sick it would be i like that yeah i like that a lot i think they yeah. did that in the comic i think they did that with a couple of comics where it was like these were episodes that never aired and everything else so yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i really enjoyed this i like the, i like scarecrow scarecrow is a really really fun villain Mm-hmm. I always appreciate Scarecrow whenever we see that character pop up. 
Yeah, um, especially that other that new animated series design. I, I love that design. Yeah, the new animated series design is really cool. Actually, I kind of feel like a lot of the other ones kind of take from it. Uh, the Arkham games don't really because he he looks more like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Inside of the Arkham games, but he's still I I I don't know if you notice in even in the Arkham game he has a noose over his neck. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's always kind of been like a staple that they've kept with um was it with him ever since the animated series so i'm really happy i really enjoyed it go check this episode out i I mean it's it's really bad because i mean every single time we do one of these it's always like was the episode good yes it was it was excellent i don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) well i was gonna say (laughs) the next episode not too much of a fan of uh i have batman in my basement i believe um so this episode i've got batman in my basement um aired on september 30th 1992 Mm-hmm. um it's a uh centers on two young characters uh sherman and his uh friend roberta and they witness uh the penguin who's in this like weird algamation design of how he looks in batman returns but then they kind of do their own thing and it doesn't quite work um but they see him uh stealing a faberge egg and uh batman uh gets into a sort of a scuffle with him Gets hit, Batman gets hit with a gas pellet, winkets him, and then the kids have to protect him. And this just feels like a, uh, I don't know, it feels like the the 50s Batman, or excuse me, the Adam West Batman, and doesn't quite mesh with this. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't <laughs> a fan? No, but I mean, you know what? I, I, I get it because also this is a, I do understand the episode. I get why it was created and I understand why we have it Mm -hmm. is it as an adult a good episode probably not yeah but as a kid this was actually a really fun episode for me because for one it was kind of like what would happen it how what would happen if batman would ever show up at my house you know could i help him yeah no probably not probably not no i would never no bane coming through my house he'd destroy the hell out of it he killed me (laughs) penguin maybe who knows? It's Penguin. You just take away this umbrella. He's done. Yeah. But I, I do understand why this episode is there, though. It's the mm-hmm. idea of connecting the kids to Batman because you don't have that many kids inside of Batman. The end right. series. There's Robin. That's it. But even Robin's a teenager, and this, this is directed towards, like, 10-year-olds. So we do kind of need that idea of saying, oh, yeah, like, you know, we're going to have kids inside the episode and they're helping batman out very home alone-esque mm-hmm. very home uh, yeah very home alone home alone-esque where like batman's trying to like teach him how to make traps and stuff like that so i mean it's cool i enjoyed it it was a good it was a cool episode is it my favorite no is it entertaining yeah it's entertaining i enjoyed it yeah i especially loved it when i was a kid i loved it when yeah. i was a kid it, i mean it was fun a, as an adult, it's not as good as yeah. an adult. Well, it's just, it's so over the top, like the scene where it's like Batman and Penguin fight it, and Penguin has a sort of sword and Batman has a screwdriver. It's so goofy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, it, it's kind of like, um, what's it called? That Adam West, when he's fighting Eggman, mm-hmm. and uh, what was it? And like Robin's on like the turntable. And he's just throwing eggs at his face. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> just yeah. 
Well, so what did you think of Penguin's design? Because it's like, I, I love the design in the new Batman movie series, but it's like, he totally looks incredibly different. Like he lost weight. He just uh, doesn't have flippers. Yeah. yeah. They they try to do the Tim, everything I noticed once the movies kind of came out, they always try to like make everything look like the movies. So that way it mm-hmm. looked the same. I never liked the Danny DeVito penguin look. I always Not thought it really. looked dumb. I yeah. always thought it looked dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a Tim Burton thing. Tim Burton thought that was like, oh, it's edgy. I thought it looked stupid. It looks really dumb. Um, in all fairness, if you really want a great penguin design, I would have to go with Telltale's The Batman. Penguin. Oh, yeah. They make him a cockney. Uh... Yeah, where he's a cockney Brit and like very pissed off. Yeah. But he's relative, but he's he's ruggedly handsome. He's like a ruggedly handsome Brit mm-hmm. with a cockney a handsome accent. penguin. Yeah, with a ha- I want a handsome penguin because. I always like the idea. Be, I, I like the idea when Batman's rogues gallery reflect Batman. Him, Penguin as you know this deformed, small fat dude, doesn't really reflect Batman's you know sensibilities and stuff like that. I always liked the idea of the Penguin being this handsome billionaire, just like Bruce, whose parents died and left him all this money, and instead of going into crime fighting. He went into gun smuggling. Yeah. And just like making the city a far worse than it already was. And I think that's so interesting that counter that that counterpoint to Batman of kind of going like what made Batman go this way and what made the penguin go this way when they're both technically if you put them together they're both the same. What what choices did both of them make that the other one didn't? And usually the thing is that Batman's parents were murdered and Penguin's parents were also murdered, but they were usually murdered by Penguin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of Batman villains are like that, like Hush, to, uh, Hush Black Mask. They all yeah. have that going, you know, they all kill their parents, which uh, probably don't want to do. I mean, it's not, it's definitely not the first thing on my list. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, go get a job first. Please yeah. don't, don't go like we'll kill my dad. That's how I get to get my millions. That's, yeah. that's it. Like that's, <laughs> don't do that. That's not how that works. Yeah, but I you know, I even though I didn't like this episode, I appreciate it's uh the way it, the way it just uh tries to connect to the its audience at the time because it was mainly, you know, five, ten year olds watching this. So commend it for that. And uh, you know it's 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 a it's a uh, interesting sort of just look at like you know kids in Gotham. So yeah, yeah, I really do, and I really do appreciate that. I like seeing kids in Gotham because you don't really get to see that very often. You don't see the the point of you know you see a lot of like what the adults are going through and stuff like that. You know the pain and the misery in Gotham. You know yada yada yada. But also, you don't really get to see what it means to be a kid in Gotham. And that's, that's a lot cooler. Yeah. It's something that they actually tackle a lot inside of um, Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. In Batman Beyond, they tackle that a lot of what of being a kid in Gotham or growing up in the Narrows or growing up in different areas of Gotham and kind of like not having you know this 
silver spoon in your mouth, what exactly do you become or what exactly do you have to resort to? Yeah. And I think that's always a really cool idea. Yeah, no, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just remember that Batman, uh, Gotham Knights um, episode where the kids are all telling folklore about Batman and you see how um, you stand in for the audience, how they have reverence for the character, which, you know, we all need a little Batman to help us out. Yeah, right. I think so. Be a better yeah. person. Well, I always took it as Batman is the epitome of what it meant to be the world's best human. You know, they, he, you know, he, he looks out for his fellow man. He always does the right thing. He, he has a code. He does everything else. And it's really nice to kind of see where he, where, how exactly the rest of the city, especially the young and also just normal citizens see Batman. Would they be willing to help him out? Yeah. And everything else, because they didn't have to help him. They could have left his ass on the, on the lawn and go like, yeah. hey, Penguin, he's over here. Come kill him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see the citizens uh, kind of stand up for him. Yeah. So but, it yeah. really does show you the dichotomy inside of Gotham and how exactly, you know, people see that ever since Batman showed up, Gotham has gotten better and he is our hero. And, you know, we have to protect him as much as, you know, he protects us and everything else and i thought that was really cool uh, definitely yeah I, the penguin being you know basically just alan murr from you know home alone that one was a little good that was a little bad, was a little <laughs> bad. yeah i wanted to see um maybe if they made this like christmas and um you know the kids have like traps maybe it would have been better the you know why she was as an adult could have been could have been yeah i thought that would have been kind of cool Batman teaching him how to make like traps and stuff or you know them them doing whatever and very home alone-esque uh like a kid gets the bat well and he just like starts throwing stuff everywhere that'd be kind of cool but yeah it's it's a good episode it's a solid episode um it's better when you were a kid it's a good episode to show to kids not a great episode to watch when you're an adult no no I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, on on a on a on a one to five scale, where would you put it? It's like a two. It's like a two. I'd give it like a three, three point five. Okay. It's. Yeah. I'm still saying we haven't seen a really bad episode. Yeah, there there probably are some, but there, there, you know, I, I just... haven't I haven't seen an episode where I'm like, dude, is this episode over yet? Like, yeah. this is bad. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to one. I'm sure. sure we'll get to one. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that wraps up our Batman the Animated Series recap. Um, kind of wrapping up here, Nick, uh, last, you know, last couple of minutes here, anything you've been reading or, or uh, watching that you've been enjoying uh, comic book wise? Yeah, actually, I just started reading mm. Batman 89. 89 nice yeah i picked up my third issue of batman 89 it's really good also batman the imposter really awesome i'm I, i'm enjoying it issue two was issue one is really good issue two not as good but it's still good you know i, I really do I, i'm really hoping that issue three kind of like kicks it into high gear i i enjoy that a lot more but so far, I'm enjoying Batman 89. I also have uh, Superman. I also have the Superman one as well. 78. Yeah, Superman 78, which is really cool, and I really love it. It's all right. 
some of these are really cool. I actually really like this one because it actually has Damon Wayne's art as Robin. And it's so cool. Like, yeah. I love the idea uh, of Damon Wayne's as, as Robin. Yeah, he was supposed to be it um, if Tim Burton did a third one. So if Tim Burton did that a third have been one with Robin, yeah, Damon yeah. Wayne was going to be. And I like the idea that they really did kind of go with that '90s look for uh, what was it for Dick Grayson? And I did like the idea that he was going to be Dick Grayson mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's it, it's a it's a nice, entertaining kind of like you know, I, I think you can see it a little bit. Yeah, if um, you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see, you know, Damon Wayans and Batman kind of, you know, talking and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting dichotomy between the two of them. Yeah. It's something that should have happened and unfortunately it didn't. Right. What about, what about Eugene? What are you reading? Uh, right now I'm just, uh, you know, I wasn't reading too much. I was just uh, kind of reading some classic Batman, like Son of the Demon, uh, going back, kind of looking at some back issues from Mike Barr. I'm reading mm-hmm. the whole uh, Demon Saga, which was in okay. the 70s and 80s. So, yeah, just kind of not reading that. Not, not reading too much right now, but yeah, my uh, friend Jose was letting me borrow it. So, shout out for him for keeping my comic buying alive. But yeah, I guess where, that wraps up our show. Uh, Nick, where can people find you at? You can find Probably. me on my. You can find me on my socials. You can find me at the Nick at the Nick Valero on Instagram and Twitter. Also with Facebook, you can also find me on Keeping Up with the Nerds podcast that airs Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, our mini cast airs on Mondays, and our uh, and our full podcast airs on Wednesdays. And this month was month of guests, so we did have a couple of guests that showed up this month. Um, podcasters, streamers, different stuff like that. A lot of really cool guests. A lot of cool people. Go yeah. check it out. Yeah, I saw a few of them. Seemed really excited. Yeah, man, they were they were they were really cool. Some of those guests were really really sick. I liked it, and they, um, I'm glad because they they really were outside of like the realm of like what we usually talk about. So they were talking about like pot, like you know, instead of just being having like another nerdy podcast or anything like that, like we usually do. It was a lot of like, oh yeah, like I'm a Twitch streamer and this is how I got here, or I'm an artist and this is like how I do my art and this is how I do everything else. So it was really fun to have them on. Um, shout out to you know Sarah and Cece and Lewis. They did a really awesome job with that. So go check them out. They were some good episodes. Of course. Yeah, definitely. So you could find me on Twitter and Instagram, G9892. You could find the Waffle Press at the Waffle Press Podcast and you can find uh, Serving Up Comics on his socials at Serving Up Comics on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional. <laughs>